Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Southeast, the podcast where we take you through some of the major topics facing importers and manufacturers in China today. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us again on the podcast, China Manufacturing Decoded. You're listening to episode seventy-six. I'm Adrian from Southeast, and I'm joined by our CEO Renault. Hey, hi Adrian, and hi everybody. Hi Renault, how's it going? Enjoying the quarantine. <laughs> Seven more days to go. I, so, yeah, that's uh, affecting everybody at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody who who moves around in this area has to go through through it at, at one point. So, um, it's you know lots of freedom, but. There's an end inside, so it's not that bad. Absolutely, yeah. Well, as ever, if we do have any、uh, updates about, you know, COVID restrictions going into Asia and whatever, we'll let you know. But other than、mm-hmm. your quarantining at the moment to、uh, to return, not、mm-hmm. not too much on on that. So, episode seventy six today. In the news recently, we've seen a lot about the right to repair. Uh, this is kind of a—it's it, not only a legal thing; it's, it's sort of a movement, isn't it, amongst consumers? So,、mm-hmm. I wanted to discuss with you right to repair and whether it's a headache or actually an opportunity for manufacturers. So,、uh, first of all, could you take us through what the right to repair、mm-hmm. movement is, please, Renaud? Sure. So. <laughs> When you、uh, let's take it from the basics, you know, when you buy a, a relatively simple product, I don't know,、um, you 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 farming because we're going to talk about farmers later because they're also、yeah. involved in that, and you you buy I don't know a simple fork to to move the hay or something, you know, the <laughs> the wooden part breaks, you're just going to get another、uh, wooden part because it's extremely standard. Uh, you replace it. You put whatever a nail back or something to help, hold it in place, and then you keep going. You know, and it's a simple product. Now,、mm. the thing is,、um, more and more products are complex, especially when they have electronics, right? So, when there's electronic parts, you have a board that controls what you know、um, the, the functions, and then. When、uh, when that's down or one of the components around it is down, it, it, it's it's a bit more complicated to to repair. Okay, so a lot of people have been frustrated, and this is、uh, probably you know they've been more and more frustrated over the years as their products became more complex, and actually the the brands, the the suppliers of these products have made it harder. For 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 consumers, for users, for for business users, and so on, to repair the、um, the products by themselves.、Mm. Right. So you buy I don't know you buy a washing machine and it breaks, and then you、uh, if you really want to repair it,、uh, you know you try maybe yourself or you bring it to、um, to to someone who 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 is. Skilled and experienced in repairing home appliances, and then they look at it and they say, "Well, you know, it's it's broken inside this module of the product, and if we try to open it up, just trying to open it would break it because it's with adhesive or something. It's not just something you can unscrew and rescrew,、um, or it's、um, or that that's like this box and、uh, like we 
you know, we have to, to get the same one from the manufacturer, but then you have to order it directly from them. Uh, and, and that's the price and, and, and maybe they no longer have stock or something. So in many, many cases, even if you try, even if you try hard, you end up having to throw away your, your products, right? If it's out of warranty, of course. <laughs> so if, if you have an issue that is within the warranty period and within the scope of the warranty, um, you know, like you buy a smartphone and then the microphone no longer works after six months and you did not put it in water or anything like that. You, you just make sure the warranty works, right? So that, that's not the issue. The issue is for things that are outside the scope of warranty or, or, you know, for products that are already four years old, 10 years old, if you want to keep using them, what can you do? Mm. Um, if you have a car, there's a lot of um, a lot of things you can change uh, just by bringing it to the local garage, uh, and they will do some repairs, right? So yeah. that's um, that's the analogy that people have in mind. And then when they when they have these uh, these, these electronic products, uh, and they find out that they actually cannot just bring into bring it to a local garage, if I may say that, um, it's um, they feel that. They're cheated, you know. They, they feel that it's a basic, uh, basic human right. You 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 purchase a product, and then you you have the right to repair, right? That's why they call it the right, the the right to repair. Yeah, I think it's got to the point where a lot of consumers, because products are so hard to repair when they're out of warranty, that it's almost created this throwaway culture where, of course, you're going to just buy a new washing machine and, and you know, maybe recycle or just get rid of the old one. Right, but in actual right. fact, you know, this cause, this, this could be quite problematic for many reasons that we'll go into. Oh, it's, um, it's an enormous problem. Just in the EU, they say there is something like 10 million tons, is it tons of cubic meters? I forget. An enormous amount of um, wastes from electronic products every year. Mm. Um, and this can only go up if we don't do anything because more and more products have electronics inside. So, um, obviously it means a lot more materials have to be extracted and, 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 and processed and shipped around. Uh, it's pretty bad for the environment and, um, it really encourages, as you say, the, the throwaway culture, you know, where you have, People who buy relatively cheap products that are not expected to last very long, and whenever it breaks, it's like, okay, throw it away, buy a new one. And there's a lot of that in certain industries. Mm. I mean, if you go to a um, a fast fashion apparel store, you know, Forever 21, H&M, Zara, uh, Shein now on, on, on the internet, it's it's actually an enormous um amount of waste right there because you know people are going to wear it two three four times maybe on average and then it will end up uh in 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 the landfill so you you're making to landfill basically you're filling landfill up right Mm -hmm. so that that, that's a culture that that is not going to be tenable it's not going to be sustainable in the the long run i mean it's extremely unsustainable from an environmental perspective so absolutely there's, there's, there's many reasons why um, consumers, small businesses, uh, and the government wants to want to change that. Uh, I mentioned also farmers before, because in the U.S., uh, 
uh, farmers have been really, <laughs> really upset. Um, uh, so f- uh, a case in point in the U.S. is John Deere. Well, mm. tractors are, you know, quite expensive, often um, uh, many times um, more expensive than a typical car. Oh, yeah. And they have, they have elaborate electronics. And whenever some uh, maintenance jobs have to be done, well, it has to be done, you know, in an, uh, in um, one of the uh, designated or authorized uh, uh, centers, right? Uh, could be dealerships or could be simply um, um, repair centers. But, uh, and that means for some very isolated farmers, they have to, to go uh, tens of miles or, or hundreds of miles away from, from their farm for that. It's just crazy. Right, um, and and they've been putting a lot of pressure also. And farmers, when when they, they start to uh, to lobby for something, uh, they are usually heard. So there's a lot of forces here. Uh, that's a little bit about the context, right? Why mm. um, why it's been um, it, why it has led to um, to changes in regulations. Yes, and those regulations you're talking about, this this legislation, it's actually starting to come in now in the in the US, for example, but also in in Europe in particular. Mm-hmm. I think the new right to repair legislation, if I'm correct, is coming in in March 2022. Yeah, in the EU, yes. Yeah. So basically, they wanted to make repairs easier and cheaper, and make it really much easier. To bring the defective, uh, not defective, but a, a product that failed, that stopped working, um, bring it to a local repair center, uh, or even for for people who want to do it themselves, just to do, do it themselves uh, when that makes sense. Okay, just make it easier for that. Um, and of course, as we say, they, they want to reduce the amount of electronic waste. Mm. Um, they want also more information. They want consumers to be uh, better aware of the, um, um, the, 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 the expected lifetime of the products and how easy it is to repair and things like that. And um, one of the EU countries, France, even went further. They, um, they, they passed a law. So this is not all across the EU. This is just in France, in addition to to that new EU, um, um, it's not a directive, it might be a, what they call a regulation, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all the EU member states have to, to pass laws based on that, but France went further and actually is um, going to request very soon that uh, all the suppliers in certain categories of products have to, to label their products based on how easy it is to, to design. Yes. With a, with a score. Right? To, to repair. So they're trying to go further than that. Uh, mm. Yeah, basically, how easy is it to, to repair, right? Yeah, my, my um, understanding of the French sort of index that they're using, it's a grade of 1 to 10 appears on the labels of, you know, common consumer electronics and calculated based on how easy it is to disassemble, the access to information repair, price and availability of spare parts and also in addition to that my understanding is that the british government is also planning to bring the same kind of thing in very very soon maybe at the beginning of 2022 
they do not um, they're not requiring all the same thing as, as the EU, but they're also uh, moving forward with that. Correct. Yeah. And the US, the US is interesting. They are, um, there's an association called repair.org. Uh, it's basically an association of repairmen in the US that went state by state to for local level uh, to pass federal laws on that. Uh, so things are also in the US and it's as always, it's not exactly aligned, of course, but the yes. trend is clear. Um, if you want to make sure your, um, you know, you, you want you want to sell your products, uh, and you, you're appealing to to consumers and so on, then you have to make it easy to um, to, to to repair your products. Yeah. So to, just to let me give some sort of quote here. So it's it's manufacturers of washing machines, dishwashers, refrigerators and TVs or monitors will have to ensure that components are replaceable with common tools. Instruction manuals must be accessible to specialist companies and producers must supply spare parts within 15 days and make them available for 10 years. So that's kind of this is the direction we're going in, right? Right, right. Exactly. Yes. So, for example, if you bought a, um, a MacBook Pro or an iPhone or something like this from Apple, then you, you, um, you know, and until now, and let's say you're in, in, um, in, in China or in a place where this doesn't apply, um, you know, you, if you want it to be repaired, you can't just, you know, open it up and, and, and so on. They make it harder. Uh, and there's various strategies to make that harder. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of manufacturers use their own kinds of screws, for example, just to make it harder for any repair center to uh, to 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 open their products up. Um, they, you know, if if you want to repair some of the components, <laughs> uh, you know, some people do it themselves with basically counterfeit components. And of course, Apple frowns on that, and and they say if you do that, then you have some other problem, and it's still within warranty. We will not honor the warranty, and so on and so forth. Basically, they don't want people to to mess up with their products or or to hack their products. And this has mm-hmm. been um, a pretty consistent consistent policy for that company. It's not the only one, but you know, it's the the the, the prominent uh, hardware manufacturer in electronics. So let's let's speak on them. Mm. Um, they um, they always resisted any kind of hacking of their products. They want to have very very high control over the experience. You know that their products um, uh, provide to 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 their users. Okay, and in some cases, in some cases, it's not that simple. Uh, there, there are cases where, how do I say, you can have a design that makes the product not easy to repair, but that makes it more durable, more reliable, right? So, for example, if you if you take the if you take my uh, my laptop here, mm-hmm. if I want to get the, the the battery out, oh. I need to go and do, you know, unscrew and and uh, separate the, the two parts of the casing, and then it it goes out with a wool module, um, you know, including the keyboard and things like that, right? So not easy to repair, <laughs> not very friendly to repairmen. Um, however, 
if it were easy to remove the, the battery, then just the fact that people put the battery, remove it, put the battery, remove it, just that in itself is more likely to cause the need for repair. You know, whenever you have moving parts, um, the, the, the whole product is not as sturdy. The, the whole thing is, is not as durable. You know, it will break, get broken more easily when there are shocks. It will be more susceptible to um, water penetrating the casing. It will, you know, there's a lot of things like this. So there's a little mm. bit of a contradiction here. Um, and that's something that I did not see, I did not see it very clearly addressed in the EU regulation. Um, they, um, they focus very much on the right to repair um, and, and, and not so much. I mean, they do, they, they do mention that consumers should have some information about how, how durable the product you know, is expected to be and so on. Uh, but mm. there's a little bit of a contradiction here and I'm, I'm not exactly sure how that will play out. But for certain applications, I would prefer to go for a product that's that is really not likely to fail you know within the expected lifetime so let's say you buy a laptop and is there's a very very high chance that it will still be working after four years okay then in that case i don't really care about being able to repair it right yes whereas well um you know on that model um in uh, in 20% of cases, there has to be something done within the first two years. Oh, okay. That, that you know, the design is not <laughs> not that good. It doesn't resist stresses very well. Then in that case, maybe um, I want it to be very easy to um, to to open it up without breaking anything, and to to order the, the spare parts and my uh, local repair guy should have the user manual and and but not just that but also the instructions uh that are uh, used to um, to do the repairs and they should be able to order the 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 spare parts to to do the job and that's what um that's what apple is is going to do in europe for example they're going to work with a number of independent repair shops to do that right but are they going to fundamentally change the way they design their products? Um, I'm not sure. This remains to be seen, basically. Yeah, I mean, Apple's a good, a good example because they are one of the, let's use the word, culprits of, of uh, companies that have made right. items hard to repair. But on the other hand, as you say, there's a different way to look at them because in general, and I'm sure somebody listening who's had a bad experience with Apple will be will be thinking, no, 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 and shaking their head. But in general, I would say that Apple products are reasonably durable uh, by the standards of, you know, laptops and phones and oh, yeah. other consumer and they, electronics. Right. And and um, their CEO made it very clear. You know, when people say, why, why, why is an iPhone more expensive than an Android phone? And they say, well, look at these statistics. I don't know where he pulled that out, but, you know, an iPhone... Um, can be used for three or four years if you want, but an Absolutely. Android device, um, you know, people turn over faster. So actually, the the total budget might be lower for an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. have you have fewer issues, much less uh, frustration and, and things like that. Because, but why is that? Because we control the experience much better. So that mm. that's <laughs> that's a philosophy, right? 
um, it, it can be backed by numbers, but on the other side, you, you can also say, hey, I'm an individual buyer. I do what I want and I should be able to, you know, if, if I break my screen, I just change the screen. If the, if the battery is, is starting to, um, to, to lag a bit, then I just change the battery and so on. Mm. And you, you, you were asking at the start of the, 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 the episode, is this a, an opportunity? Well, yeah. Um, mm. some companies have been developing fully modular laptops and smartphones. Now, I don't remember. One of them is already on, on the market and I forget the name. Um, and, oh. and, and yeah, is it called free phone or something? Something uh, like that. I don't know. It could be, it could be. And, and, uh, and soon we'll have, yeah, fully modular, uh, smartphones and laptops. And so the laptop, if you say, well, I want more memory, boom, boom, it will be easy to, to buy, uh, you know, extra memory cards or and things like that. Oh, I want a faster processor. Then you know where to go to remove that. Uh, maybe with a few other, um, <laughs> components, not just one, maybe, but you can change that wool sub, um, sub assembly, you know, that wool module of the product. And you keep all the mm. rest. And maybe the, the casing and the screen, you keep using them for eight years, 10 years, maybe, right? Oh, mm. the keyboard, you know, the keys are getting, you know, starting to be a bit tired. Okay, I get a new one. Um, now, is that, uh, is that going to make a very sturdy kind of laptop? Um, I'm not sure, right? But probably not as sturdy as a MacBook Pro from Apple. Um, but it's another philosophy and it's good that people have mm. that kind of, um, flexibility. If all of a sudden, okay, in, in one or two years, there's a new port, you know, a new, whatever, like uh, USB-C, Thunderbolt, yeah. all these kind of things, you have a new one that's starting to get some traction and, and for the applications that you're going after, you really need it. Okay. Then, uh, that should be easy. Whereas if you have invested in, in a, in an expensive laptop from, for example, Apple. Well, mm. what you're gonna do? You're gonna have to to buy a, one more dongle, right? And yep. we've all been there. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, what what do you do with all your dongles? You know, after ten years of buying dongles, you just have them in your in your drawers, and you don't know what to do with it, right? right. So, it's there's, there's there's pros and cons. From what I see. Uh, the regulators are going, you know, they want to push the pendulum a little bit more to make it more modular if possible, give mm. more information about the expected lifetime and things like that, and make it much easier to repair. And, you know, I, again, the fact that Apple is going to work with local resellers, give them all the instructions and access to spare parts, I think that's a positive for, for consumers. And yeah, that's a, it's a good compromise. Yeah, and is is that going to be, um, you know, to change their design philosophy? Maybe, you know, it's always mm. design. You know, designers always have to to go for trade offs, but maybe they will have one uh, one model of phone and one model of laptop that will go much more in the direction of easy repair, easy repairability. Right? Mm. And maybe the rest will remain the same. So they give the option or, mm. or maybe they, they will try to, I don't know, but I, I think they've been thinking about that. Um, they've been, um, yeah, 
and and a lot of a lot of brands you know all the major brands of course have taken note and is that a good thing well it's one more thing that they have to design for right uh, they obviously had to design for cost had to design for quality had to design for reliability because these really have a direct impact on their cost mm-hmm. um, and you know they they also have to design for repairability that you know that is going to impact their trade-offs and overall is that a good thing probably yeah does it make it harder for a startup to have a, a great product maybe but again it does open some opportunities right mm. they you know a, a, a new startup that is developing an electronic product want to put on the on, on the market we'll have to take a few steps to make it easy for independent repair centers maybe to to get on their website and buy some parts or uh, things like that they might have to carry a little bit of stock and 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 so on i don't know for very small companies how that will play out okay mm-hmm. uh, but if, if if you need to have the parts within 15 days basically they will have to have some stock in the same area as their market that might be a small extra expense mm. that they have to incur but maybe small very small companies uh, are under the radar for now uh, and i guess that's what's going to happen so i i would say overall it's 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 a positive thing you know with the um, the score that that's going to be uh, put on uh, every uh, product in, in certain categories in France. Well, some some products will will, will get a boost. It will, uh, sure. it will show the you know will give them a better image um, compared to their competition. So, Absolutely. is that an opportunity? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's good for the consumer. I, I suppose the majority of consumers won't pay a lot of attention to it but the people that are interested they're given that guidance that they need from a product design perspective i mean you've said many many times in different episodes and in different written content that often selecting standard parts over custom parts is quite mm-hmm. beneficial and in this case i can see how if you've chosen to try to focus on standard parts that also plays well into the whole uh, you know oh, yeah. maintainability aspect Oh, definitely. I mean, the more the more custom parts you have in your product, the harder it is for repairmen to get their hands on the right part to mm. to replace a a broken part. You know, for example. So that definitely helps both with reliability and with repairability. Uh, there's no doubt. When it comes to reliability, I mean, uh, yeah, another thing that the, the regulators want to discourage is you know there's this this widespread uh, belief that certain brands um, design their products so that they fade after two years right mm. they say okay warranty is two years and then two years plus six months is going to break uh, obviously it's not that simple um, it's not like written in the code you know after X days after it's it's been activated first, then uh, auto destruct or something like that. <laughs> but the, this uh, this did happen, and it was documented uh, in the 60s, in the 70s. Some some manufacturers were playing with that, mm. um, and 
you know, they would, they would say, for example, okay, this mechanical part here is going to be used on average, um, you know, uh, three times a day. And we have a warranty of one year. And because at the time, yeah, warranties tended to be shorter. And, um, okay, after that many cycles that correspond to roughly two years, um, you know, let's, let's make it so that, um, 50% or 70% of them have already broken by, by the, the two year mark. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, in the, at the one year mark, only one or 2% should have failed, right? So how to, how to design that? So you, you use, for example, um, uh, some, some parts made of, um, ferrous material that, that start to, to show fatigue after a certain number of cycles. And then you, you, that's just an example, but there are many others. And then you test it. You know, you, um, you replicate the intended usage. And, and yes, this was a, uh, an application of reliability engineering. It's not very glorious. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, the same thing. Um, so a, lo- a lot of brands have been, um, have been accused of, of of that, right? Of course, Apple, when they uh, they throttled the, you know, some of their um, their older phone models, yeah, and then they say, well, there's a reason for that is because the batteries, um, you know, the older versions of the batteries that they have cannot take too much, otherwise, you know, there might be might be a, um, a sudden failure and things like that, and then they did not resolve it as well as they could, so of course, a lot of people are still blaming them for that. Um, and, and, and there's, 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 there's stories like this, but yeah. a lot of suspicion is more than proofs because it's, it's not that, that easy to prove. You're talking about planned obsolescence. I mean, in a, in a yeah, way, exactly. that's good. Yes. Yes. That's good for brands as long as you can get away with it. And as long as your reputation doesn't take a hit, mm. which is why it's much less common now. Big companies are not very tempted to play that game. Yeah. Um, However, um, they do some, uh, you know, they use the the findings of their reliability testing to see what parts maybe are more robust than they need to be. Right. So I was reading the the book about um, by the the founder of uh, Dyson. You know the the vacuum cleaner uh, company mm-hmm. and then he explains that they they use the, the findings of their reliability tests to to see what parts are actually maybe for example plastic parts are a bit too thick and and they they, they um, even their plastic suppliers say no no this should be 3 mm you know a part of the, the housing for example this should be 3 mm thick thick and and they they, they say no 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 it should be it should be thinner and they um, they did some tests and so on, and they said, yeah, look, it's, it's still pretty strong. No need to be that 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 thick. And this way, they save cost, and they also save a lot of materials, and that's good for the environment. So you 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 really wanted to know you know the limits of 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 your product, right? Mm-hmm. And it's again, it's all about trade-offs when you design something. What do you optimize it for, right? My my worry is that designers um, can optimize for a few parameters, but if you give them twenty parameters to to optimize for, you know, 
it has to be uh, lightweight and it has to be it has to look good and it has to be easy to repair and it should not have more than 10 components and and so on and so on and so forth uh, it all gets uh, washed down and um, and 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 in the end <laughs> you have a pretty bad design right so is this going to be a um, a priority let's see mm. let's see mm. okay yeah very very uh, very interesting points there and one thing's for sure the right to repair it's not going away this is starting to gather a lot of pace with government but also with consumers so it's important mm-hmm. to you know be aware of of what's going on especially if you are developing a new product yes it is not going away i think it's it's a long term trend and product designers have to to take it into account that's for sure mm okay great again as ever we've mentioned uh, a few different resources during the episode i will link to those one in particular which is good you created a, a video with Andrew Amanovin recently uh, about uh, design for re- reliability and design for maintenance. So that's a particularly good video to go and watch. So I will link to that in the show notes as well. But yeah, that, that brings us to the end, Renaud. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. All right. See you next time. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophist Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia. That's everything from inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sophist.com to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too. See you next time.